I've tried to start this episode so many times, and it's not that I'm not used to recording, it's that I am very much not used to recording by myself. Uh, Nicole, very understandably, had a family thing come up this week. So I'm sitting here in front of the camera recording by myself, which makes me much more nervous than when I just get to hang out with Nicole and we get to be goofy and silly and fun and funny for you for a Gridwalk episode. But we've been talking on the episodes for weeks that this Thursday, this week, we're going to do a Braun GP docu-series reaction, response, thoughts, feelings, all the things. And I didn't want to not post that episode, um, even if I had to face my fear and sit here uncomfortably by myself. So please bear with me. Uh, I will probably cut out in the edit all the really bad stumbles, ums, ahs, etc. But I still wanted to talk to you all about my thoughts and feelings about the Braun episode. Before I get into all of that, just some programming notes. So Thursday next week, we'll be back to our normal Gridwalk cadence. We are going to do a post Abu Dhabi reaction review, talk about any news that came out of that. After that, we're going to do a couple weeks of big season reviews. We're going to do teammate battles. We're going to talk about car development over the course of the season. And then, of course, we're going to preview 2024 Formula One, because I can't believe the season is wrapping up and almost over right now. And just because the season's wrapping up, the philosophy of Gridwalk is we're here with you every week, no matter what. So there will be a Gridwalk episode every single Thursday through 2023. We're going to take one week off in January to get things set up for season two of Gridwalk. Um, but besides that, and we'll let you know when that's coming, uh, there will still be Gridwalk every week, even though the F1 season is wrapping up this week. Because even though the season on track wraps up, I think we all know that F1 just still likes to be its chaotic self all the time. If this is the first Gridwalk episode you're stumbling onto, hi, welcome, hello. Normally, we do Thursday Gridwalk episodes. It's me, my co-host, Nicole, where we talk about everything up and down the grid. Not just what's on track, but we definitely talk a lot about what's on track, but also what's happening in pop culture, in business, all the areas of Formula One. So make sure if you're watching on YouTube, hi, hello, please subscribe, like this video. These are things that help immensely. Also, leave a comment on what your thoughts were about the broad series. I would love to chat with you all in the comments. And if you're listening on audio, hit that follow button, auto-downloads. Honestly, I can't begin to tell you how much an auto-download help us. And drop a review. Let us know what you think about Gridwalk. That is enough rambling for me. Let's get into my thoughts and feelings about this docuseries. This docuseries was much longer and more complete than I think I expected. So it was four nearly hour-long episodes. This was done by Disney. So I watched, I'm in America, so watched it on Hulu. Um, and I did feel like it was a little long. That's not my main takeaway from this. But four hours of television, I felt like it could have been condensed down to like a really solid three. I felt like in the middle, like the very end of episode two and a lot of episode three, I was like, okay, we can speed this along. But I do think a lot of that was me already knowing the story. And despite knowing the story and everything that happened in the 2009 season, it was so much fun to watch. And I thought they did such an incredible job of not just laying out how Formula One works, but explaining the business behind it and the relationship between the teams and the FIA and Bernie at the time. And like that is a very complicated relationship that is not how most American sports operate. So 
even though this is something I live and breathe and love, which is the business side of F1, I know that that's not a common area of the sport that a lot of people know as much about. So if Drive to Survive, if Drive to Survive is the entry drug into Formula One, I really felt like this docuseries was like the level two. Like this is what I'll show to people who have a little bit of interest. Maybe they've seen an episode or two of Drive to Survive. And I know that like the drama and the sponsorship side and the business side, and I if I know that that will interest them, this will be like the second level where maybe they're not watching every weekend yet, but they like Drive to Survive. This, this really gives you like that second layer of knowledge. I was also shocked at how in depth they went in episode one into the double diffuser. Now, of course, if you're an engineer or a really big F1 tech person, it wasn't the most robust explanation, but it was a lot more than I thought they were ever going to do. I thought they were just gonna say something general, like it existed and they got it right, but they spent what felt like at least 30 minutes getting into the technical regulations and why it didn't fall under the regulations or why it could have fallen under the regulations. And they showed F1 car models and explained downforce to people. And again, very preliminary explanations, but succinct, easy to understand explanations. And that was one of the things I took away from this entire docuseries that I was floored at how well, in my opinion, they explained all the different facets of Formula One like everything from the glitz glam celebrity of it, the intense battles on track, but also the technical business, et cetera. Like I'm going to keep harping on that because I think that was my favorite part of it was how well-rounded this docuseries was. In my opinion, they got every interview that you had to get in order to tell this story effectively. I didn't... I think Formula One is so complicated and admittedly so shady that it is impossible to get into all the details of everything. I think they told a general audience viewer just enough about who Bernie Ecclestone was that I think you might get the vibe that he wasn't the most straight up guy. But uh, I I don't think, like there's a definite, uh, can be a seedy underbelly to a lot of this. And I think they just grazed the surface because you have to, if, you know, you're going to tell us a sync story about one year of Formula One, like how do you get into all the politics and all the details behind all of it? Uh, but I, I loved, I loved watching these people skirt around questions. I loved watching a lot of the people who gave interviews, uh, double down on old felt beliefs that you can tell they still feel. Uh, I thought the Honda side of it was fascinating. Like you needed those voices. Like I, I was really impressed that they, they got what felt like every interview they should have gotten to tell this story well. And I didn't fully expect all the Honda voices. I loved the reenactments. I loved how they made it all feel so dramatic and they were able to do that by reenacting bronze signing contracts and uh, having what we saw preview pictures of, which was Jensen in the suit at the car at Silverstone. Like just, it added a layer of motion and drama to this that 
you wouldn't have gotten if we were just getting the old F1 footage and the interviews. Like it was just a well done documentary, in my opinion. Keanu is a great narrator. One, just because he has a great voice for it, but two, he seems to really like racing. Like that's something that is known about him. This seems to be a story he was passionate about and he's an actor. So even if it wasn't, he did a great job conveying the emotion of it, being just snarky enough in interviews. Uh, I'm always floored at how these things are edited together because that's gonna hit the emotion, the music in the background. So all the people who did the score, uh, who did the editing, like really, in my opinion, hammered home the emotions of this series. Overall, I'm going to be recommending this documentary to most people in my life who are just sports fans. Like ESPN's 30 for 30s are a staple in my life, in my household, in the people I interact with. Like there's so many people I know, we just will watch any 30 for 30. And this really falls in that category where it's just like one of the most incredible stories. And it was so much fun to revisit it. So I'm sure if Nicole was here, we would probably talk about this for at least 35 more minutes because Nicole has this amazing skill of saying something that sparks like 16 thoughts in my brain that I'm going to want to talk about. So I know when things settle down for her and we get to talk about this, she's going to say one of those things. I'm going to be like, crap, we, I wish I said that on the special Braun episode. If you missed it on Monday, we already dropped the Las Vegas GP recap review extravaganza. So definitely go check that out. We talked everything Vegas GP. Uh, we also talked about the Andretti GM news and our first look at the 2026 regulation car images that were leaked out by AMUS. Um, so make sure you go check out that episode and subscribe, like, follow. Depending on whatever platform you are, we will back, be back next Thursday to talk all things Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So I want to hear all of your thoughts about the Braun GP. Let me know what you agree with me on, what you don't agree with me on. I just want to hear all your thoughts in the comments. So look forward to chatting with you there. And most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you for bearing with me and Nicole. Uh, I'm sure I'm gonna love editing all of this footage back. I'm sure I looked incredibly uncomfortable because uh, it was just me this week. Uh, but please uh, send Nicole well wishes if you can. And we'll talk to you next Thursday.